Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to 2019. I cannot believe we are already at 2019. I don't know where time goes, but it's going somewhere. And we can choose how best we're going to spend the hours of the day and the week and the year that we have. And I'm grateful to all of you who have been with me for the years that I've been on the air and continue to be with me going into 2019. You are what make my day just so joyous. And I know it's going to be an incredible 2019 for all of us. And my guest today is somebody that I just love to talk to when it comes to the issues that we're going to be talking about today. 2018 was filled with data breaches of all kinds, from the Equifax breach to multiple from Facebook to the Marriott to Blue Cross. No one seems to be safe when it comes to cybersecurity. And I really wanted us to start 2019 trying, focusing on being as safe as we possibly can because the world is a digital world nowadays. We, we talk about not going spending time on our phones and all these other things. But the fact of the matter is everything we are doing in the world is pretty much somewhere digital. And my guest today is Yuri Diogenes. And he, this guy has more certifications, more, um, <laughs> more experience in dealing in the world in cybersecurity, intelligence, and forensics than anybody that I have ever met. Not only is he a professor um, for the Master of Science in Cybersecurity program from eCouncil University, he's authored 20 books published by Microsoft Press. He holds multiple industry certifications. If you want to know about cybersecurity, you need to talk to this man. And Yuri is back on my show. So thank you, Yuri. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me again on the uh, show. This oh, time, uh, talking about something very different this time. <laughs> I, I know. The first time I had you on the show, you know, I, we had met because I, I spoke at a Microsoft event, and you were on that event. And um, we spoke about your book, Ready, Set, Achieve, which, by the way, still continues right. to be one of my top recordings listened to by people all over the world. That's awesome. And, uh, and that book, um, it, it was a great show. Um, it actually had a lot of follow-up questions after that show. So I truly appreciate your audience for getting back to me. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, we tend to think of geeks as guys that just sit in front of computers. You know, I consider myself a geek as well. And you decided to transform your body using the mental skills and physical skills that you've learned from all the years of your your studying to your body and I, everybody i really encourage you to go find the previous episode i did with yuri called ready set achieve and get his book um, but today Yuri, i really want to focus on this other aspect of of what you do which is cybersecurity, because the world is getting scary isn't it Absolutely, and, and not only that as we start to be so connected uh with uh IOT with mobile devices, uh, it, it's, it's getting quite easily easy to, to click on something that you're not supposed to click. As we socially interact via social media, we are targets uh, on the daily basis for uh, attackers uh, that wants to basically uh, uh, 
hijack credentials because credentials is, is really what they are looking for for the most time, is the entry point for many things. And it can be just a home user because the home user might be using a device that he also used to connect at work. So it might be his mobile device, it might be his laptop, because nowadays there is something called the BYOD, the bring your own device. So there are a lot of uh, companies that are adopting this uh, methodology and uh, employees are just working at home or doing something at home on the same device that they use to connect to corporate uh, assets. So it, it, it just uh, expands uh, the threat landscape, allows people to uh, switch back and forth between corporate and personal data. Uh, so the attacker, when he targets a user, he is actually looking most, most of the time for a credential, which is the entry point of everything. You know, I watched over the holidays the number of promotions and sales for all the smart devices for your home, the Nest devices for your thermostat, the Amazon Echoes, the Google Homes, the Facebook portals, um, devices to turn on and off your lamps, the security systems, the even the home locks that you can get that you can unlock your door and lock your door with your with an app on your smartphone, and with what you just said, that really frightens me because most home users haven't the faintest clue of the most basic security and they're not even changing default passwords on devices. Right, right, right. Not only they they, they keep uh, sometimes the standard password, which for the most part is very weak. Like password. Since the standard, yeah, and since it is the standard password, Everyone knows uh, how to to access those standard passwords, so it's very dangerous. Uh, I understand that vendors they want to make things easily to connect for the end user, but at the same time, we really need to enhance our overall uh, security awareness and making sure that we educate the overall population on how to strengthen their password on how to protect their assets. I, I usually say in, in, in my class, because I not only teach the master, but also the bachelors, is that security must become, uh, uh, information security must become as uh, evident as physical security. In other words, you will not uh, go out shopping and leave your car wide open because it's a, it's a basic uh, physical security uh, mentality. So as soon as we have that level of mentality that we apply to our physical presence and, and awareness of our physical environment and uh, what we should do and what we should not do, once we can mirror that to the information security space, then we are in a much better place. It's, it's kind of far away from that. Yeah, it seems so hard for the average home user to even begin to understand the basics of what they can do. And it, it is so critical. I remember when I had my tech services company, people would be like, oh, can you come to our house and do work? And we didn't really take care of home users. But if we managed the business, we were very happy to go into their individual employees' houses and help with things because, like you said, that's the weakest link that's the way in to most of the networks is is through that so what are some things yuri that my listeners can start doing because i'm sure a ton of them got a lot of these devices as um holiday gifts 
Yes, uh, usually there are some general guidelines. Um, you really need to, to, also to look for the deltas provided by the vendor. But uh, one of the things that uh, you must do is, is to, first of all, change the password as soon as you unpack your new device, uh, change the password, make sure to use the, a, a strong password that contains upper, lowercase, uh, special characters, things that are a little bit difficult. I usually say, well, think of a phrase, not a word, but an entire phrase, like I'm talking to Laura today. That's, a, that's the entire phrase. And, and start to make substitutions for your characters, like um, the letter A, change for at, and, and so forth. Uh, because that way, at least you are applying some best practice uh, for the password. Of course, when you, when you think of a phrase, try to think of a phrase that will be easy for you to remember. And that's why using a phrase is a, is a, is a, is a good strategy to keep it long and, uh, and also to, to play around with the characters. The other thing is keep your system up to date. It's very important today uh, to update not only the devices that you that you are unpacking, like your mobile device, your uh, your IoT device, Internet of Things device, like your Alexa, uh, things like that, uh, but also your computer. Uh, make sure that your computer is up to date. There are a lot of vulnerabilities that are exploited usually because it is targeting a known vulnerability. And since the user didn't patch the system, it was able to exploit. All those things uh, are really targeted to reduce the likelihood that you're going to be exploited, right? right. Uh, because it's, very, it's absolutely impossible to say, do those things and you're going to be 100% secure. There is no such a thing as 100% secure. What you do is you increase your level of security, you reduce uh, the possibility of exploitation, and that way you achieve a balance in which if the attacker goes after you, the amount of time that he's going to expand in order to uh, invade your system is, is, is longer and he might just give up because he doesn't want to invest time uh, uh, trying to attack a system that is taking long. Yeah, because essentially okay. hackers are, are lazy. Most of them buy the code, right, that is going out and trying to attack you. There's very few that are specifically targeted, and those tend to be from governments that are trying to attack, correct? That that's correct. That's correct because they, they they buy the exploitation kits that comes with everything, and sometimes they 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 really want to get the vast majority because the vast majority of the people don't do the the homework of doing those things that I said. Also, uh, one of the the most common ways to get in to use this computer is via phishing email, and and we understand that nowadays the attackers are are crafting the emails in in such a precise way that is hard to identify. So try to uh, uh, read and try to just uh, hope over your mouse uh, on top of the hyperlink because when you do that uh, on bottom of your email reader, it's going to show the URL uh, for that email. And sometimes it's really easy just by doing that to say, hey, this is a fish email. Uh, and and for those who aren't familiar, explain to them what the hyperlink is, Yuri. Well, the hyperlink usually is, it comes in blue, right? Is uh, Let's say you have received an email and you have a letter uh, 
a phrase that is uh, bold in blue uh, and with underline uh, of, on, that, uh, on that phrase. It means that when you click on that phrase, first of all, your mouse will change uh, from the arrow, the normal arrow, to a little hand. And when you click, it's going to redirect you to a web page. Okay, and we of don't course, want people a, to click on that just because it's in an email. Want them to just sort of hover over it so you can see where it's going before you exactly, click. Exactly, exactly. Hover over and look to the status bar, which is uh, the on the bottom of the of the email reader. And usually on that status bar, as soon as you hover over, you see the the URL. So if you receive an email from a that looks like it's a bank, uh, email from a bank asking you to click on this link to update your credentials or something like that. Even if the email is well-crafted and looks exactly the same, if you just do this trick, you will see that the URL does not correspond to the site of your bank. And right. you immediately can say, well, this is a, this is a phishing email. And, and typically the bank's not going to send you an email that way anyway. They're going to send it through their bank software. Well, we have to go into our first commercial break, and we'll be right back with more from Yuri Diogenes talking cybersecurity for real life. So, Yuri, you were talking about some of the basic things that people can do to protect themselves. You know, we, we talked about this whole making sure you change your passwords, create passphrases, that kind of stuff, watching out for your emails with phishing. But there's there's more to it, right, than, than just looking at the emails. Are there things that can be done to sort of stop that even from coming in? Uh, usually when you are work, uh, when you have uh, email services like Hotmail or Gmail, they already have a filtering platform that will redirect emails that are considered phishing to the junk mail folder. So they're doing a pretty good job. It's really uh, increasing over the years, the level accuracy. So what really goes to your inbox that is not detected by the auto-filtering platform is really the, the, the very target uh, uh, phishing email that well-crafted doesn't have a lot of analytics in order to prevent that. So those tips are more uh, for the exception, okay, because most of the time it will go to your junk mail. So this is, this is one thing. The other thing is, uh, is the, the, the Wi-Fi, right? Uh, a lot of people, they, they travel a lot and they connect to any Wi-Fi that is open. Oh, yeah, Make I've sure seen that. Starbucks, Panera, everywhere, you know, anything. Yeah, it, it, right. And, Airports. And, and, and it's okay to do it in some hot spots that are, are recognized and well-known uh, uh, reputation-wise. Just make sure that when you are on a wi uh, open Wi-Fi like the airport uh, and other places, uh, to not do any uh, sensitive type of activity because there are there might be someone uh, scanning that wireless network and trying to uh, gain access to something. So it's not really a good idea to connect to the Wi-Fi and start doing bank transaction. Um, use that Wi-Fi connection to. Um, browse the internet and see things, but don't don't really do to uh, manipulate sensitive information. That will, that's a, a recommendation. Unless, as soon as you connect to the Wi-Fi, you can VPN uh, to your corporation. But that's that's another another story for more advanced users. For the base users, I would just say try to avoid uh, performing sensitive information. 
Okay, but say say I'm traveling on business, right? And I need to go pay some bills or something like that. What is is there a way for somebody that is doing that to securely do it? Is it just using the apps on the smartphone, even though you're on Wi-Fi? Is that enough of an encryption? Is there any way possible to be safe if you have to do something? Well, I'll say rely on your on your phone is better because you have the app, right? The specific app is for doing this. And not only that, but if you are using your telephone courier, you will not be on your on the Wi-Fi. So that's what I usually do when I'm traveling. I need to transfer or make any payments. I'll do from my mobile, and I do not connect it to any Wi-Fi. I just use uh, the the telephone company Korean the data plan that I have, and I do those transactions from there because it's really minimal. It doesn't require a lot of data transfer. It's not very really heavy uh, on traffic. So I usually do that way. I avoid. Uh, leveraging the computer and leveraging the Wi-Fi for any type of uh, uh, sensitive transaction. In my case, since I connect to the corporate network using VPN, I, I usually protect against that because everything that I do goes through the VPN. So it's all encrypted through the VPN. Okay, and for those who are not in the know, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and it creates a tunnel, an encrypted tunnel, everybody, from one end to the other, and everything is secured inside of that. So it's, it, we'll, we may have to have Yuri Excellent back on to talk about yeah. some of those things at another point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you are you are explaining everything. That's a that's a good way to compliment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know I I can't assume that everybody that's on the show is at your level or my level. We have to assume they have no clue what certain words are right. that we're both no, talking about. Right. And I, I don't like to have people feeling feeling lost out there. So yeah, the other thing that I like to quickly mention uh, is ransomware. Just be careful, also. Uh, with that, that that new threat that is growing a lot uh, called ransomware. Uh, I think that's another important point. So always have backup of your data. In in the worst case scenario, do not pay the ransom and just have your data uh, restored from the backup. Okay, and ransomware, I want you to just explain a little bit about what that might look like for somebody and what might be the phishing attempt or whatever that might bring it into their computer? Yeah, usually the the ransom the the attack starts via phishing emails. It goes back to that our discussion that we have about phishing emails. So let's say you click on the link, uh, the the ransomware was downloaded on your local machine. You start doing things here, then you have to restart the box. Uh, when you restart the computer, and it comes up with a screen saying that you need to pay ransomware in order to have access to your data again, and your data is all encrypted. Uh, so if you do not pay the ransom, you do not have access to the data. Usually you have to uh, either format the box, or depends on the type of ransomware or some other things. But it boils down to if you don't have access to the data, you feel like you need to pay the ransom in order for them to decrypt the data and so you can have access again. Now, that, that leads me to another question, because you're talking about backing up, right? A lot of people are putting their data in the cloud. They're even using their applications from the cloud. Everything is cloud-based. Are cloud backups good enough to protect 
and we're going to a whole conversation about cloud even more so, but cloud backups, are they good enough to protect you against ransomware? Well, so keep in mind that it's not going to protect you against the ransomware. Uh, what people are doing is using leveraging cloud storage to back up the data because it's very convenient. They don't have to have a, a software installed on their computer. Uh, they don't have to have another device uh, in, in their local network, right? So it's very convenient and usually cheaper to just uh, back up using those cloud storage. So that's, that way you don't need to pay the ransom in order to decrypt the data. You just can format the computer, for example, and then restore your data from your cloud storage. Okay, now I know somebody who got hit with ransomware. They use Dropbox to um, keep backups of, of all of their, their data. They were logged into Dropbox and when the ransomware hit, Everything on their Dropbox got encrypted, and then anybody outside that accessed that, that started to go down to their computers as well. So how do you protect against that? Have you run into that kind of scenario, Yuri? Uh, no, I do not use Dropbox. Uh, I, for obvious reason, I, I use OneNote, uh, uh, OneDrive from Microsoft. And uh, in OneDrive, we do have uh, some ransomware detections uh, that are built into the platform. So I've never really run in a situation where uh, the cloud storage was attacked. It was uh, it usually, most of the time, people that I interacted with um, is, is having problems on the local computer, right? Right. So that's why it's important when you make uh, choose which solution you're going to use, make sure that you evaluate uh, all the players to see which capabilities to love uh, against ransomware. Because since it's, a, it's really uh, a recent threat, a lot of uh, vendors, they are still baking in some capabilities to avoid this scenario that you described to happen. Yeah, it, it just really fascinates me, this whole concept of ransomware and all the different things you need to think about. And just like when I had my tech services company and somebody would get hit with something or something would happen to their hard drive, it wasn't even a virus or something. And they're like, oh, well, you can restore our data. I'm like, yeah, but where's all your software? Because they didn't even have their CDs or anything to restore their computer with the operating system and, and Microsoft Office and whatever else they were using. So it, it becomes a bigger deal now to try to restore. It's not just about your data. If you get hit, your entire computer has to be rebuilt. And it can be well, a no, very frustrating true. process and can take days. Uh, yeah, that's why one of the strategies there is to image... Uh, as soon as you build your computer, create an image. Uh, for example, if you are on Windows 10, you can create an image of that computer. That way, if you need to restore, you just restore the entire image the way it was uh, from that state. Uh, some people, they, li they like to refresh that image. They, ha they, ha they have a basic image from the data they built, right. and they keep refreshing uh, over time. Okay, and with that, we're going to go into the national news. We're here with Yuri Diogenes, master of all things cybersecurity, and we'll be right back to protect you in 2019. 
Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with... Well, I am here, and since you're all here listening to me, too, we are here with Yuri Diogenes, uh, master of all things cybersecurity. He has over 20 books published by Microsoft Press, Ingress, and Novaterra. He holds more industry certifications than I can ever list out for you, but they will be up on the post on the website after the show has aired. And he is also the professor for the Master of Science in Cybersecurity program from eCouncil University. So Yuri, you know, the first half of the show, you just laid out so many different things that my listeners can begin to do for 2019 to begin to protect themselves from all these different threats that are out there. Uh, before the news, we started briefly talking about cloud. And for those of you not in the know, cloud means it's not something that is physically on your computer. It is something you go out to the World Wide Web and you connect to something and you use your applications, your software, whatever it may be out there on, on the web. But Yuri, you know, this is a concern I've had. You know, I, I had my own tech business for a lot of years and... I'm still concerned about switching over to the cloud, putting all of my eggs in one basket out there. Because number one, if you lose the internet access, you can't get to anything. But is cloud computing really safe? Uh, look, what, what happened with uh, this movement of cloud computing is that, uh, first of all, all the major players uh, in this space, they work on trust. So there is a huge investment in security uh, from all these major players. When I say major players, I'm talking about Microsoft, Amazon, Google, all these cloud players, they work on trust because they need uh, customers to trust their platform to keep the data safe. Right, but so all three of them had breaches in 2018. Uh, but keep in mind that uh, there are different aspects of breaches. Okay. Uh, uh, not necessarily into their cloud platform for customers, right? right. Uh, there were uh, some uh, cloud providers that, that had some impact, uh, some issues on the data center that caused some customers to be uh, unable to access their platform for, for some hours and things like that. But there are uh, a lot of investment on uh, availability, uh, on uh, data privacy is a big issue. So these providers, they will not, for example, give data to the government uh, just because they have to. There is a huge battle usually that, uh, going on when the government, for example, asks for data uh, for those providers to give away. They, they need to justify. There is a, a long process in order to uh, gain access to the data. Uh, the the market is still adjusting itself for this. The, the laws is still adjusting itself for this. Uh, for example, this this year uh, a new um, uh, law it was just passed. The Clarify Law for Overseas Use of Data Act, the Cloud Act, uh, which was created based on the. Uh, 
the battle between uh, Microsoft and the government about uh, the data that was um, in, in, in Ireland, right? So the, the, the laws are still adjusting to itself. It's a, it's a really important place to be. Uh, cloud is enabling a business to uh, really be more uh, reliant, uh, be more global, okay? Uh, for example, if I'm a small company, I can get start my business uh, with less investment in infrastructure. I can leave cloud uh, for everything I do. As a matter of fact, most of the companies that are starting from scratch, they start using cloud. They, they really don't have a data center anymore because they can uh, leverage cloud for uh, their business. I wrote an article for the ISSA journal uh, that explains the major points of why you can actually move to the cloud and how it should take advantage of cloud from the security aspects. For example, uh, when you are in the cloud, one of the advantages that you have is using the entire threat intelligence from the cloud provider that they can offer to you. If I was going to hire that service apart uh, from the service, it would be very expensive. So leveraging that entire infrastructure of threat intelligence and security analytics machine learn uh, in my benefit is a huge uh, is a huge gain for me. Not only I'm leveraging, for example, that big database of threats in order to protect my own data, identify uh, suspicious activities in, in my environment. I don't need to uh, create my own infrastructure to maintain that. So it's a, it's a big benefit that people are starting to realize that some security capabilities will only be available in a cloud-based deployment. Okay, so how do you make sure that you're safe when you are deciding to go with cloud platforms for not only, you know, home users who might be wanting to do things, but small businesses that are really trying to take advantage and leverage how cloud can help them grow their business at a fraction of the cost. So one thing that one thing that you need to do immediately is really read the the privacy uh, documents that the cloud provider will have the SLA and all the documents that are available for each cloud platform. This is a public document uh, documentation on that. Make sure to read uh, for all major players because they will explain what they can guarantee, what they cannot guarantee uh, as far as uh, data privacy and also availability, which is also very important uh, to make sure that uh, you have access to your data. And also make sure that when you read those documents, look also for the scenario where you say, okay, I didn't like this cloud thing, I want to leave. So what they are going to do with my data once I leave is going to be deleted immediately or it's going to remain there for 30 days or something. So make sure that you also have an exit plan and how this exit plan uh, plays out according to the cloud provider. So it's really a matter of uh, understanding the options, deciding which cloud provider you are going to use. And once you decide which cloud provider you are going to use, then uh, make sure that uh, that cloud provider uh, stick with the SLA that was established. And SLA is service level agreement, everybody. Um. That, that's one that always used to get me, Yuri, 
they'd go, oh, you know, we've got a 99.9% uptime. But when you actually factor that out, you can be down for days <laughs> throughout the year. <laughs> well, or they might not have to get with- you your data back for like three days or four days. And that could really kill a company, can it? Yes, but the, the other thing is with cloud, you have to have an extra careful because the, usually the SLA is per service. Remember, the cloud has a lot of services, right? Uh, so the SLA will depend on which service you are paying for. So, for example, there are services for a compute, containers, databases, identity. So depending on the type of service that you are leveraging, you might have uh, one SLA, and depends on the other one, you're gonna have another SLA. So just make sure that you are not looking at the overall SLA. Look the SLA per service. That's, right? That's very important. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. Because you may have yes. multiple different services with somebody, and the overall one may be negated by a specific one further down. You need to understand Exactly. That. So you, you, you need to understand the breakdown because people usually say, well, I'm migrating to the cloud. But they don't realize that when you go into the cloud, you are, you are going to use different services. And each service has its own uh, service level agreement. So you've you got to be careful uh, with that. All right. And then if you are going to be connecting to any of those cloud services, they're going to want to follow the things that you had talked about in our first segment where you want to make sure you're you're changing the default passwords on whatever devices you're using to connect up to those to make sure nobody can piggyback, making sure you have what other things on your computer to protect yourself and that data that's out there in the cloud. Yeah, so make sure the computer is up to date. Make sure that you have a good anti-malware installed on your computer. Ideally, if you can, do not use the administrator account of your local computer as your main account. Because what happens is when you're installing a computer, let's say a Windows system, uh, the first account that you uh, put in there is going to be the administrator account for that computer. In other words, it has complete power over everything. When you use that account to do everything, it means that if that account is hijacked, whoever has that account can do everything on your computer as well. So what I usually ask people to do is make sure to create a secondary account uh, and use that secondary account because that secondary account will be just a regular user. That account will not have deep administrative privilege to do things that are so harmful. Uh, against you, you. So you are basically protecting yourself by using a lower level uh, account, a more user uh, account uh, with not a whole lot of privileges. And I can, I can hear all my listeners going, but oh my God, there's so much stuff we have to do. I just, I want to be lazy. <laughs> and what you're saying is we can't be lazy at, at this point in time because of the way the world is turning. We're going to go into our last commercial break and Yuri, let's talk about that and how hackers are really looking for that. We'll be right back. So Yuri, I was talking just before I teased everybody that, you know, most people want to be very lazy when it comes to technology. They just want to take it out of the box and make it work. And from what I've seen, that's really what the hackers are looking for. And they they go for 
the people that really just want convenience. They they want to just go and do and not think about making it more complicated, correct? Yeah, um, keep in mind that there are, when we say hackers, there are different levels of uh, attack campaign, right? If, if the attacker, if the hacker is trying to really go after the easy target uh, users that are not doing the secure hygiene, then they will just uh, uh, spread out a lot of phishing emails and a lot of phishing emails and try to obtain uh, the information that they need to start the attack campaign. Now, there are way more elaborated uh, type of attack uh, in which even if you are well protected, you still be a victim, you could still be a victim of that. But these are more from the corporate perspective uh, rather than the home user. And I do have a lot of small business people and corporate people that listen. So let's give them a little something to help them. And and by the way, everybody, we can't go into a lot of detail here, but Yuri has a new book out for anybody that really wants to deep dive into cyber called Cybersecurity Attack and Defense Strategies, Infrastructure Security with Red Team and Blue Team Tackets. It is not light reading, but if you really want to get an idea of what is happening in the world of cybersecurity and what you can do, you want to get that book. Sorry, Yuri, just giving you a little plug there. (laughs) All right, thank you. Yeah, so uh, for for a small business uh, owner, uh, I I would say that um, there are some key aspects of your infrastructure that you should be watched, and and, and one of those is your employee's identity. Because uh, if we go back 10 years ago, not so long ago, 10 years is nothing, but 10 years ago, one of the main investment in security was firewall. You have to have a firewall, you have to create this uh, DMZ between the external network, the internet, and your private. But the thing is, since nowadays users, they have the mobile device, they have things that are bringing directly to the network, they are bypassing the entire firewall idea. So the, the industry comes to an agreement that the identity becomes the new perimeter of the network. So you need to create protection around the identity. So nowadays, uh, every single organization, medium, uh, small or medium or, or large organization, they need to invest on MFA, multi-factor authentication. That's, that's very important, right? Uh, you cannot rely only on password. You need to rely on a second factor of authentication as well. Because even if someone hijack your password and they try to access your environment, there will still be the other factor of authentication that can prevent uh, the attacker from gaining access. So I would say uh, that number one uh, for all small, be- small medium uh, organization invests on MFA. And there are a lot of uh, MFA solutions, uh, cloud-based MFA solutions available nowadays. Like, can you name a couple just to give people some ideas on what to look for? Well, for example, Azure, uh, Azure multi-factor authentication, Azure AD uh, multi-factor authentication for Microsoft is, is one that um, that you can uh, leverage. Okay, um, that's uh, that's the main one that I utilize. Uh, is is for users that for organizations that are using the Active Directory. Uh, which is the, the directory that has the user accounts, they will be very uh, similar uh, in the cloud, which is called the Azure AD uh, Active Directory. And then there is the multi-factor authentication there as well. One of the advantages 
of, uh, of uh, the Azure AD when it's managing your identity, for example, is, is they have a lot of detections available built into the platform. So, for example, let's say that uh, Laura uh, is logged in uh, from Florida right now, and then five minutes later, Laura is logging in uh, from Lon London, um, that's what that is called impossible travel. She cannot be in those two places at the same time or with this short amount of time. And what is going to happen is going to flag uh, in your dashboard that that user has a suspicious uh, activity going on. And at that point, you can reset the user's password and request that users to provide MFA, right? So there are a lot of options for you to do based on those built-in detections. And what if, I want to make sure that we cover this this one last thing because it just popped up into my mind. We talked about it at the beginning. You know, we we're talking about the multi-factor authentication and stuff, but it just popped up in my head because I don't have one of these devices and and I kind of refuse to. <laughs> but I still use Siri on my my iPhone. I don't have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home device or Facebook portal or whatever. Is there any way to protect those? Because I'm seeing, I, I walked into a business the other day and they had one right there and they were streaming music and playing podcasts and, and all this other stuff. But I'm thinking that that device just opened their network completely up, their business network. Yes, no. Well, there are, there are, there are some ways to hardening, uh, which is uh, to enhance the overall security of, uh, of your um, device. Um, usually, for example, when you use this type of device in, in the same corporate environment, such as the example that you gave, usually they are in a separate network. They are not on the same network as your, you know, beta or things like that is isolated. There are strict rules uh, that allow the traffic go, go back and forth, right? There are also uh, some other capabilities uh, built into the platform. For example, uh, in the Alexa, uh, Alexa, you can delete old recordings just to not keep that data because they might be grabbing information uh, from people that are talking. Right, so you could uh, delete history uh, to avoid uh, sensitive information to be leaked, uh, and, and also uh, try to see if there is any third-party uh, softwares that we that can enhance the the protection of those devices. This is a, is a new uh, new threat landscape that is being exploited. People are uh, watching more closely. So there are not a whole lot of uh, capabilities uh, available built in. The only thing that you usually do is the basic core secure hygiene aspects that I, I just mentioned. And also it will vary according to the device because Google might have a different set of secure best practices for his device. Right, and nobody knows what the Facebook portal one really is going to be looking like either at this point in time. There's so much exactly. to think about. And there are, there are. If, if you, my listeners, get nothing else out of today's show other than that is you need to begin thinking about this, right, Yuri? They can't, you can't just go, oh, I bought something and stick it in. You need to start thinking about 
changing passwords on default things, thinking about how it will impact your business if you add a device in and get to somebody like yourself or another IT services company or a cybersecurity expert that can help protect you as much as possible. Right. You should never uh, introduce a new device to your environment, environment being home or uh, workplace, without uh, knowing the secure aspects of that device. But you should not even buy if you do not know the secure capabilities of that device. So you really need to look at this before even purchase. Uh, which security capabilities are available, if there are any security threats, just search. Nowadays, the information is so uh, easy to access that you can just do some research uh, to find out if the device that you are purchasing uh, has uh, vulnerability flaws that are easy to bypass, right? So it's something important that you need to realize that you still have the power before you buy to do some basic research to understand if the device that you are purchasing is is reliable uh, from the security standpoint or not. I would imagine that just like a computer and a phone, these smart devices for your thermostats, for like the Amazon Alexas and all that, need to have software updates put on them as well, straight out of the box. Absolutely, absolutely. All these devices, they will have software updates. And the worst thing that you can do is to bypass those updates. I understand that sometimes it's frustrating. You're trying to do something and it pops up saying that needs to update and reboot. But you got to do it, right? Because I, I know people that just keep this, uh, just keep clicking this nose, nose button and, 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 by, and, and, and postponing, postponing, and they never update. And that's really bad because uh, y- you are postponing uh, something that is trying to protect you. Yeah, I know. The Equifax breaks was because the IT person didn't run um, an update that had been out for a while. He just never got around to it. And look how that badly affected everybody. So, Yuri, I want to thank you so much for being here on the show with me today. No, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I hope that um, the the tips that we gave throughout this time were useful. And I hope that you continue to have this amazing success in 2019. Keep up the the good work and uh, enlighten us. Thanks. And really quickly, how can people reach out to you? Uh, mostly via Twitter, uh, at Yuri Diogenes on Twitter. Uh, that's usually where I, I take uh, feedback questions or I publish my, my articles. I put the, the, the link and everything. So Twitter is uh, the main communication. Method. Perfect. So that's at Yuri Diogenes on Twitter, everybody. And yeah. I know he happens to respond back to that all the time. So remember, everybody, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today, especially around cybersecurity? Have a safe 2019, everybody. been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.